0: a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Folks, I am once again asking for hockey to have one day where we are at, like, appalled by what this sport is capable of. Just one.
1: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon Stanley. You can find me on Twitter at BWStanley26. Joined by my good friend, Matthew Soma, at Matt Soma. Or is it Matthew Soma? Whatever. Nope, that's Matt Soma 12. Oh. You got it, right? Oh, well. Uh, yeah, at, mo- <laughs> at Matt Soma 12. At Matt or 12. at Kane's Prospects, as you may know him. I feel like we haven't plugged the uh, Twitter handles in a while, so I figured we should throw that in there. Well, Matt, it's been another week. That ho- it has. Hashtag hockey culture. <laughs> We do have some, like, at least somewhat enjoyable hockey stuff to talk about, so it's not like it's going to be a totally negative ep- uh, episode, but there are some important things going on right now, and we do feel like, as a general rule, we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't bring up some of these topics to educate, to...
0: Not even we're to not educate, just any, to, like...
1: We're not going to see any change in hockey culture if we don't... Yeah, yeah maybe educate's not the right world, but it, it, there's not going to be any change in this bullshit we continue to have to deal with if we don't talk about it if we don't put pressure on it if we don't you know speak out against it effectively and and there's only so much that us two guys you know sitting here in Raleigh North Carolina are going to be able to do we understand that but again it's just important stuff to talk about and as much as it
0: as tough of a situation as it is it's, it's something that needs to be talked about because it is Something that's not exclusive to Hockey Canada. It's just coming onto the scene right now. For reference, what happened is there were... Basically, there's Hockey Canada paid to keep this person to keep quiet about her sexual assault by... I think it was up to eight members of the 2018 Canadian World Juniors team. Eight is what um, I since then i'm pretty sure agents or players have denied being involved leaving like four players at this point or something like that that haven't responded which obviously means somebody's lying and i'll get to that in a bit but the the fact of the matter is like every day new details keep coming out that are just disgusting like hockey canada having a fund that was primarily used to Basically, pay hush money to victims of sexual assault by members of Hockey Canada, um which they called the, I think it was something like the crisis fund or whatever, which is horrible. And then today they were like, well, we're going to stop doing that or using the crisis fund for that from now on. <laughs> like, congratulations, you've done the thing that should have never had to have been a problem in the first place, you know? right what pisses me off the most though i think other than like the incident itself is the fact that there's been zero accountability and it's a lot of players just posting a notes app thing saying i've cooperated yada 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 and agents being like my client has never done this a lot of people are like oh i was never there i don't know what you're talking about but like fuck's sake somebody had to have been you know somebody's got to either have been there and been involved or at least no, like, and I want to, I want to see, like, hockey players actually stand up for somebody that's been wronged, yeah, for once, for once, back to the whole
1: Chicago Blackhawks situation, like, I can't believe not one player on that fucking team didn't say a word about Kyle Beach, that's, that's ridiculous, zero, They all knew. nobody
0: has said anything, and it, it, it's absurd, like, I, I just cannot believe, so like all these all people the, are like, like, oh, I don't know who the players are that are involved, like, that's bullshit. That's just flat out bullshit.
1: Well, and you know, the other defense is like, uh, it's in the locker room. Like, you're not supposed to, you know, those are your brothers, you're not supposed to say that shit about my your boys, and then you look at Kyle Beach, which is like directly slaps in the face of that. Like that's they have
0: to- never had to deal with consequences in their life. And so now when they're faced with the consequence their first instinct is to remove themselves from it as much as they possibly can. Yeah. Even if they did it, they'll be like, not, didn't do it. Obviously. Well, and exactly. So you were saying at this
1: point, like so many players have come forward, like somebody is not telling the truth at this point, probably
0: multiple somebodies. I would and argue that everybody that says that they do not know anything is lying. Probably. Because I I believe the number of players involved were eight. Right. And I think that's a roster of less than 30 players. Yeah. It's just the scope is too large for a player on that team to be ignorant of the situation.
1: Especially knowing the culture of locker rooms and like talking about it. They probably said something about, yeah, what we did this night. Um, i'm
0: sure they bragged about it because that's exactly. what cocky athletes do i mean it should probably show that in...
1: fucking video they recorded of her being like oh no it was consensual and i'm sober yeah. another disgusting little tidbit out of this yeah
0: the the biggest I feel issue... fucking horrible
1: for that girl dude like yeah. she had to be humiliated like that and then they made her shower record that video and like Swear yeah. to death, she's not gonna say anything like that. That girl's life is it's, ruined, dude. Like it's
0: well, that's the thing. It's like everybody's going to talk about, well, we don't want to ruin these players' lives, but they've ruined somebody's life. They yeah. should face the consequences for that. Yeah.
1: It's not some, so, a little like, hush money is gonna make better for them. This girl, and all these players need to be put, they need to be put on blast. The truth needs yeah. to come out, and I don't want to see any player that was involved in this ever play another NHL game.
0: Yeah. This girl has legitimate trauma from this, and it's going to be with her for the rest of And most of the players on this team have gone on to make millions at the NHL level. Right. And, I mean, here's, here's the thing. Jake Bean was on that team, obviously a former Hurricane, former Canes prospect. Isn't he one of the few that have been like – Well, he said – I mean, again, he – his agent or something made that statement saying Jake wasn't involved. But if that was all it was, never mind. But I thought it was
1: actually some sort of like decent alibi. I, I
0: don't remember. And honestly, like, until we know who the players are, I'm not going to believe anybody. Like, that's just how it's going to be. But obviously, the Canes have been pretty quiet about this. I mean, he is not on the team anymore, but this is still something that he was with the team or not with the team but he his rights were owned by the team when this all went down I believe he was under contract with the team yeah because he signed his ELC right after the draft so he was under contract with the Hurricanes when this went down
1: right what are they really supposed to say about it though because they're I mean well I'm not saying that
0: the the Canes have to say anything but like this does affect the Hurricanes in a way like if he if he is found to be like one of the players like he was under contract when this happened, and the Canes kept him under contract. You know, yeah. the optics of it just wouldn't be good. That's what I'm saying. Well,
1: yeah, that's true, but you, it's hard to say much about that because if you have no way of knowing whether or not they knew, like if there is something came out that they knew about it, we're talking about a different story. Yeah, it's a very different thing. It's hard to really say anything one way or the other without knowing a if he was involved and b if the Hurricanes knew about it. Um, I, I'm so. I don't want to say most disgusted with Hockey Canada, but like, I mean, it's like we said a few minutes ago. They've enabled this kind of behavior and like, basically empowered them to do it, knowing there's a hush fund. Like, yeah, it literally- doesn't
0: surprise me. Sadly, like none of nothing that's come out about like hockey, how Hockey Canada has handled this has surprised me, which is which shows you how shitty. Hockey is in general, like as a culture. And I know it's not exclusive to Canada. I mean, hell, like the head of USA Hockey is like a known racist. <laughs> like, John Van Buesburg openly called his players racial slurs to their face. It was well documented. And USA Hockey has turned a blind eye because he played the game. And they think they can help them win hockey games. And they don't! USA Hockey sucks! <laughs> I, I I got yelled at for this um, by kane's Country commenters one time for saying that USA Hockey decides to build the Miracle on Ice team every year. <laughs> and every year they finish like fourth or third. And I'm like... Because they leave... I mean, look, they, they didn't for like the Olympics in what 2014, they put Justin Fucking Advocator on their team. <laughs> like, anyways, we're getting off topic. Yeah. This is just a- another example of why, like, there needs to be a reckoning in hockey. Because what you have is just a bunch of powerful men doing whatever they can to keep the sport back in like the 1960s and players need to be held accountable players also need to be educated on i mean like you would think it would be common sense like hey maybe don't act like a sexual predator when you're around women
1: but it's not for a lot of these kids dude that's the thing is like they think they're the way they get treated coming up is like, they're the hottest shit that's ever walked the earth. And I think in a lot of cases, you see players that think they are entitled to basically whatever it's entitlement. That's it's really, it's
0: it's entitlement. It's never having dealt with the consequence ever. It's no accountability privilege and entitlement. That's it's really it. Yeah. It's just a bunch of spoiled rich white kids. Yeah. That think they can get away with whatever and have zero consequences right and i wasn't tell, like look, look at, look at, at it, it most of these players like i said millionaires
1: right like coming up like i, I wasn't like a rich white kid well i mean <laughs> i was a well-off white kid His parents were I, I was afforded a lot of opportunities like i i didn't want for anything you know and i was allowed to play travel hockey and like I, I've just I've seen this my entire life is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like th- this, it's just a cultivated political arena. Hockey is like even from the youth level. <laughs> I got cut from a team I had no business getting cut from because a bunch of players bitched one time, or a bunch of players' parents, excuse me, bitched one time. Like my dad can tell you that story.
0: Like it's well, I mean, the, the, the whole thing is entitlement. And like
1: right, it, it's it's parents they,
0: obviously help. The case and a lot of times either like kids aren't raised in a vacuum and like these aren't children but like a lot of them act like children until they're in their mid-20s because they live such sheltered lives because again it's the privilege and the entitlement. exactly so, so it's a
1: somewhat inherent problem in hockey and and it's it's gonna take a lot of work and people willing to step up and be the change not just talk about it and then i don't know when and where we're going to get that from if we're being totally honest and that's probably the saddest part of all this is because there's just so many people in positions of power in hockey that
0: don't want shit to change hockey canada has already had issues with like sponsors pulling out and stuff over various things and like that seems like such a trivial thing but it truly might be a catalyst for change because of you know, if Hockey Canada loses their funding, all of a sudden, you know, what do they have? Like Well, sadly that's the only place you can actually make it hurt is in their wallet. Hell, if I were the IIHF, I'd pull out of Canada right now for the world juniors in December. I think I think you might be too late for that right now, but like probably I would I would seriously consider doing that because of how awful all of this has been they need well they need to at least announce some sort of sanctions for their role in this like oh absolutely like well here let let me look canada got gold that year right Uh, yes it doesn't do anything for the victim that's the problem if you revoke their medal because again, for a lot of these players, a World Juniors medal, like you know, whatever, I'm making millions playing in the NHL.
1: Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. I'm in the NHL. That's where things. They're still like,
0: I won it back then, just because he's exactly. you know, taking away my medal now. Like it doesn't mean shit.
1: We we played the games. We won the games. That doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, never mind. I re- I retract that. It um, could be a starting point for a lot heavier shit, but just do that. At just, the very. Just throw that least, into the yeah. very end and just be you know just to. Try to rub salt in the wound or something, maybe, but well, this is the most like powerful punishment.
0: hockey organization in the world, yeah. But see, that's the and problem. It's like that's they're, why scared, I'm a little worried. they're yeah, scared, they're that's scared. Like,
1: that, that's and that's where we run into these problems. It goes back to the political bullshit of it all. It's like we can't afford to rub these guys the wrong way, basically, which it's a vicious fucking cycle, man, yeah.
0: Anyways, that's all I have to say on this. I don't want to linger on it too long um, because, you know, we do have other things to talk about, but.
1: Sadly, there's only so much you can say about it, sadly. Like,
0: Yeah, I mean, like, there's so much you can say, like, I'm frustrated, this sucks, the players should be held accountable, et cetera, you know.
1: All right, let's talk about Calgary.
0: <laughs> I, I was going to say, let's let's not do the ad break yet. Let's.
1: Yeah, that's not a very good way to lead into uh draft. Now, let's let's
0: talk about Calgary just briefly. Um, <laughs> then we'll do the ad break, then we'll do fan questions to wrap it up. All right. All
1: right, yeah, so let's let's start off with the Calgary Flames. Just uh, you know, looking around the hockey landscape a little bit. By now everybody knows Johnny Goudreau has left the Calgary Flames for Columbus of all places. Well, in the last weeks as we last spoke, now it's Pretty clear that Matthew Kachuk's career with the Calgary Flames is also over. This is a guy that's already one of the best players in the NHL. He scored 42 goals with 104 points last season. He's a fucking nuisance to play against. Like, just a complete pain in the ass. Basically, he's the perfect Carolina Hurricane, if you ask me. Um, really excited to see they're going to acquire him, right, Matt? Uh,
0: I was going to say, which is why he's going to be traded to not the carolina <laughs>
1: the rangers probably somebody he's going to the metro i tweeted this earlier like i i can just feel it there's well, never Philly's a Billy is going to
0: give up like an absurd amount to get him and still be no no you know what the rangers new could jersey do that. new jersey is going to give up an absurd amount okay they to could get do it Kajuk. and they'd
1: still suck though
0: and i was about to say they will still be ass next season here's the thing folks the Carolina Hurricanes literally cannot afford to add a player who at minimum is worth nine to ten million dollars and they would, so, first of
1: all, the trade package used to get him would be absolutely insane, like
0: Jarvis you're looking at at least Seth Jarvis as the starter piece and jarvis you're like, oh Seth Jarvis pick. is really good. I'm like, yeah, he's not Matthew Kachuk. <laughs>
1: Jarvis, two first-round picks, and Scott Morrow might get their attention.
0: And it makes – That might actually a, be – I was going to say, like, you're looking at probably Jarvis, maybe Jack Drury, and a first, if not, like, a better prospect. It's going to take a lot.
1: Just put it that way. Yeah. And then the Hurricanes would have to pay other teams to take on contracts like Jake Gardner and Jordan Martinook. That's more prospect and pick capital. Basically, you'd be dumbing the Hurricanes window down to two years, because by the time all these big contract extensions that the Hurricanes do have on the horizon in the next two to three years, it's going to, like, you couldn't do anything after that point, so I... That's a deal that would cripple the Hurricanes. It would. It would. It would be a lot of fun for, like, this year at least, and the Hurricanes might win a Stanley Cup, so you could argue maybe it's worth it, but... I, the Hurricanes have the goods to be good for a very long time, and, and I love how aggressive they've been this off season. I think they might be pushing it a little bit. So i I'm they've been sure
0: smart about it, about and I'm pretty pretty sure acquiring Kachuk bad. would not be smart. I agree. I agree. So anyway, for, we, we well, it would it would be smart if they had the like the cap space too, of course, but like given their current situation, hell no. Yeah, and also. I, I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, we'll get to fan questions in a second, but I feel the same way about Nino Niederreiter. You bring him back, it likely means that you're going to have to clear out some cap space to fit in Martin Natchez. And everyone's like, well, you can trade Martin Natchez. I'm like, the more I think about it, the more I think this past season wasn't Natchez's best. He was just having a bad year. But like I watch the player and I see all that skill and I see a player who's just as good, if not what, way better than Niederreiter offensively, who still has room to grow. That's, that's
1: I've said this a few times. And, and look, to be honest with you, I didn't think Natus was coming back. I've said it multiple times on this podcast. I thought he played his last game as a hurricane. But really, when I was saying that, I figured he was going to be a key piece in a return for a goal scorer. Well, the Hurricanes got their goals It ended scored. up
0: being nothing teams. was a key piece in the return for a goal score.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, now it, it, all signs point to nature's coming back. And, you know, I, I've, I've kind of come around on him a bit as well. Like, look, what did we just watch from Andrei Svechnikov in 2020-21? He just didn't look like the same guy. A lot of people were straight up worried about him. It was just a down year kind of pressing. For a contract. Martin yeah. Nature contract here. Big struggles. So. I think it's entirely and, plausible we see a big bounce back from him next year. And the depth he gives the Hurricanes lineup. Because right now he's currently projected to a bottom six role. Yeah. Like
0: imagine him on a line with Jack Drury and Andre Kasha. Like. Yeah, like the crazy thing is like the Canes could realistically have four scoring lines this year.
1: Or, I mean, the way I put it. You've got three legitimately good scoring lines that are highly dangerous and have to have serious attention paid to them. And then one of the best shutdown lines in hockey. Well, yep. I mean, it was last year anyway. You don't have me to write or, So and
0: You've still got two thirds of that line though, plus.
1: Right, Foss and, and Jordan Stahl else. can shut down just about anybody. We saw that in the playoffs. Yeah. Like look at the home road splits for opposing top lines. They did nothing at PNC. That's why the Hurricanes were so good on home ice. It was because of Jordan Stall for the most part, yeah. his line. So. I'm I'm still extremely optimistic about where the Hurricanes stand right now. They've still got a little bit of wiggle room to potentially improve the team, maybe in that third left defenseman spot, unless they do plan on keeping Jake Card- Gardner there, which is also kind of looking like that's the case. $4 million is a lot of money to be paying a guy at his age coming off his surgeries. But, hey, you roll with what you got, and the rest of the lineup looks good enough that, you know, even if he doesn't give you what you would hope for there, you're in a really good spot. So. All right. Good stuff. Now that we've gotten the spirits back up a little bit, tracking the storm is a proud part of the hockey podcast network. So we're going to take just a quick minute and get a word from draft gangs. your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Sheep the show notes of wherever you get our podcast for important details
0: and we're back
1: and we're back
0: so my wife is not feeling great right now as we're recording this so i am going to kind of rapid fire these questions i'm going to i'm going to give really short answers i cannot speak for brandon obviously so oh, i'm sorry you
1: know, it's one i really want to give like a good answer to because i feel like yeah. it's a good topic to talk about
0: sure i'm just saying like for some of these questions like i am sorry she did she started feeling sick around like three today. After I asked for the questions and we've committed at this point. So sorry, things happen. Stuart Miller asks, what would you like to see for the new reverse retro and stadium series jerseys? I did not know there was a new reverse retro coming this year. I'm going to be honest. I am so sick of whalers, but I know that's what it's going to be because until the whalers stop making the Carolina hurricanes money, (laughs) that will be a thing every year. Um, As for the Stadium Series jerseys, I really want a reimagined Carolina Hurricanes logo. I think it would be dope as hell to have something pirate-themed. I know that's been tossed around in the fan base for a while now.
1: Pirate-themed?
0: Pirate. Why? <laughs> so, like, it, it ties into North Carolina history. Yeah. It's super cool. I I, I just think it would be dope. I, I don't know. I, I, Wait, I've so, seen or, a lot of
1: people. I don't know. That seems like a weird... I mean, hurricanes kill. It could work. (laughs) Sure, but a lot of things did. It could work. Well, that's true. Pirates are fucking crazy, man. They're cool as shit, though. I I don't know. Um, See, if they're going reverse retro, you're, you know, if they're going with the whalers for reverse retro, the thing about the whalers' jerseys, they have sick colors. Like, I love the blue. I think the green is dope. That's just me. It's all personal preference. Green's always been one of my favorite colors. I just feel like there's some really cool ideas you can do with the color scheme without just having a whaler's jersey like you can mess around with that but there's a lot of I mean red and black's the same way or even like a I mean I don't know I don't think silver jerseys by and large go all that well but that was like a pretty key piece of hurricanes jerseys at one point in time um so maybe even if you went with like a silver jersey it it would probably need a good bit of black trim and for that kind of contrast and, and obviously some red in there too but they have two good color schemes to pull from that, like, I feel like there's got to be something good in there that they can, you know, just, just make it very unique. Like I, yeah. it's, it's been very, the Hurricanes have changed over like jerseys a few times over the years, especially recently, but you know, Dundon's always talked about wanting to kind of keep it fresh, but I, I just feel like a lot of them have kind of just kept the same things. I would like to see them like, push their comfort zone a little bit or just go a little bit outside the box where it's not, you know, the same kind of idea as we've always seen.
0: Yeah. Howie Handorf asks, uh, uh, <laughs> I had to include this one. This one made me laugh. He goes, exactly how many mini beer fridges do we have? Um, For those of you that don't know during the 2020 draft, they described uh, the analysts, the lovely hockey analysts described Vasily Panamaryov as a, uh, a small um, beer fridge that plays like a large beer fridge. <laughs> Which is just oh. the dumbest. Like, I, 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 I want to hope that it wasn't Sam Constantino because I feel like he gets just absolutely shit on in the public sphere for his rankings and like his explanations of them. That might have been who it was, and <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. So well, we how have both- I, we have one just fear. know that I appreciate you for that. <laughs> we at least have one. We have one beer
1: um, now that we don't have Nidorider, though.
0: Yeah, well, Nidorider's uh, a big guy though. It was a large beer fridge. That's true. <laughs> Reese asks, "What should the Canes do with Marty Nages? Keep him?
1: <laughs> I don't have anything to add I, at this point. yeah. <laughs> I've got
0: like the goofiest smile right now. I'm just like he really Keep him. did.
1: You guys, you guys missed his face there when he said that. It would have been. It's a shame we don't have video sometimes. Uh,
0: well. Maybe maybe we'll start posting the Zoom calls to YouTube. You never know.
1: That's someday. We we've talked about doing that. Maybe someday.
0: Eric asked, "Prospects you're excited to see on the Wolves this season?" Personally, I'm really excited to see Alexander Passion. Oh, um, well,
1: this is the one that I wanted us to talk about because I feel like there are a lot of players we could really go to here. So this one might be our like a little bit longer answer.
0: You know what this um, this year's season kind of gives me the vibes of. You remember the 2019-20 season after the uh, Checkers won the Cup and, like, their roster was gutted?
1: Well, that is well, what we're getting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it became the youth movement, though, because, right. like, Yanni Koukkanen, uh got an increased role.
1: Um, or was he in the NHL? He was in the NHL, never mind.
0: He was in the NHL at that point, but I think, like, Stevie Lawrence, Morgan Geeky. Right, um, okay, yeah. Because, like, Geeky had just made his debut, like, right before COVID. I remember that now. Um, like, Julian Gauthier had a good year that year. Um, right. It ended up being just, like, Chase Frisky was on that team, too. Yeah. Like, a youth movement where you get your young guys more experience. The ones that won the Calder Cup can now lead the team, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing this year. Really excited to see Panamarev and Gunler in a full AHL season.
1: Yeah, Gundler And I also good. think,
0: I I also think the Canes are, you know, not replacing some of these guys because they want to get these top prospects playing time.
1: Right. Gunler was definitely a guy that I was going to go to here. You know, he's had a chance to kind of get his feet wet a little bit. He was with the team as they won the Calder Cup. And obviously he's one of the most skilled prospects in this pipeline. He's going to have a bigger role this year, and I think he's got a chance to put up a really big AHL season and start to press towards, you know, maybe being an option at some point in the not-too-distant future for the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, you, you really listed a lot of the guys I would have said. Um, I, I think Joey Keene has a chance to push for a role, and Raleigh is like maybe that seventh defenseman. If not, that's Chatfield's role. Then Joey Keene's going to be a 25-minute-a-night guy in the AHL. And, I mean, Potamara, if you mentioned him, he's probably going to kind of slide into that Jack Drury role. Now, he's going to yeah. be a little less set up for success because he's not going to have Stefan Nason probably. Maybe he could, but I, I doubt he's going to have guys like Nason and Josh Levo. Obviously, Josh Levo's gone. I mean, he's not going to have those guys to lean on that are going to absolutely fill the nets, but he's going to be a heavily relied on player in all situations. And then Jamison Reese, man, like you knew I was going to say him at this point, right? Like he's going to be one of the veterans on this team kind of now. He's he's getting, kind of funny. Right. Like he's he's had a full year in the AHL. There's not many guys that are going to be able to say that at least among the true prospects. So I think Jamison Reese is probably going to have a top six role. I think we're going to see him carry over what he had late in the season where he really started to become a pest again and really contribute. You know, even when he wasn't putting up huge numbers, he was so noticeable late in the year. And that's what got me really excited about him again. Not that I ever really like got off him, but he had a slow start to the year. We talked about that a lot. So I think he's going to have a big year next year. I'm really excited to see him in more of a featured role as a guy they're really relying on. I think we could see a big, you know, 40 50 point season from him this year
0: and i wrote about this this week like i want to see what a healthy ryan suzuki can do in this lineup oh, because this is the year where he's gonna have to prove himself
1: yeah I, when um, i said when i had my prospects ranking a couple months ago I, it's what i said it's like he's still so young that i'm not going to call it a make or break season but at some point you've got to stay on the ice and you've got to start making some prep like progress yeah this is the second
0: year of his elc like he's entering the second year which is you know it it feels like he's been in the system forever
1: right
0: but he just needs to have he needs to be healthy he needs to be in the lineup this year's the year where i'm like okay am i actually getting something out of him or is suzuki going to be passed up on the depth chart by guys like Panamara? Reese um there's a couple other centers that I'm totally blanking on right now, but that's the thing like isn't too good possibly
1: possibly coming over too
0: I don't know man um he wasn't at dev camp, which was weird, and then i, I just don't know maybe he's under contract, so maybe
1: i w- I can't I wait know. to see him state man like he's he's always been this guy i, I don't I'm less bullish on his NHL potential than I was at one point, but I still think he's got so much skill that he's that lottery ticket that if he can put it together. If there's a
0: coach that can do it, it's Ryan Worsofsky. And selfishly, I hope he's here for another year. (laughs) We did get questions about Dominic Bach, mostly like, where is Dominic Bach? (laughs) And the Carolina Hurricanes have punted him to Germany. Um, (laughs) It's very clear that he was not an NHL player. and you can have all the individual skill in the world, but if you can't do anything with it, bye. Okay. Anyways, is it time for Nino to come back now? Asks one Michael O'Neill. If they can make it work, sure.
1: I, 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 mean, I do still just find it weird that he's not signed, and there's
0: no rumors. There's nothing going on with him. Like, well, Kadri hasn't either. I think teams right now are waiting for who wins the Matthew Kachuk sweepstakes. The teams that lose out on that are going to go for Nazem Kadri, And then some teams going to get Nino Niederreiter and spend a lot less money and may end up getting the better. They're, better, they're
1: going to get desperate and overpay him.
0: That is also true. That's, that's a possibility. Some team could be like, listen, we know you want to go to the Hurricanes, but here's like an extra like one and a half million dollars a year to come play for us. Yeah. I'd take that.
1: I, like the Islanders make a lot of sense to me, but he's been through so much shit there that at the same time they make no sense to me. Like I don't. Yeah, know the Islanders
0: knows. have also done nothing. Like they've exactly. been radio they've been silent on, since they've the been deadline. in.
1: Well, they've been in on all these players. Like they've been in on Gaudreau supposedly, but they. I don't think he was even really considering them. But
0: I'm convinced that Lou Lamorello stops wanting to trade for a player once that player gets leaked. <laughs> Anyways. Paniac Zach asks, which prospects not named Drury, Kachetkov, or Moro have the highest ceiling in the organization? Gunnar. <laughs> it's either Gunnar Gunnar's or one. Um, Gunnar Billy Vili Koivinen. Koivinen's another. That's a good one. Um, I would also argue Gleb Trikozov, yeah. the guy we just drafted. It's, it, it's not Trikozov or Trikozov, as we call it. It's Trikozov. I've been watching him, and that's how it's been pronounced in Russian. So that's what I'm just gonna go with, you know. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's another one that I think could be a really sneaky good player for us. Big goal
1: scoring upside.
0: Big everything upside in the offensive zone, man. Like, how's his skating? That's one thing I kind of questioned about him. He can fly. Good. Okay. That's what from what I've up. seen. I mean, it's again, it's U20 level in Russia. Right. So you know, the the. uh Competition isn't always the best, but he can he can burn a lot of people at that level. I don't know if he makes Omsk this season. Um, that's a very good team, but it's possible. Um, Trevor asks, "Are you allowed to have Stevie back on the pod, even though he's no longer with the team?" Well, if you'd listen last week, <laughs> I would love to. Um obviously you know we would have him back on in a heartbeat it's it's really up to him yeah ultimately i'm we're not gonna sit here and like act like he's gonna come on because right. you know knowing him we'll probably have him on like next summer maybe something like that he's a nice enough guy where i feel like he would do it
1: if we asked he would that's the thing but i don't know if i like i feel bad asking almost at this point
0: i i don't want to like make him feel uncomfortable. Or yeah. obviously, you know, whatever, you know, if there's bad blood or anything, like I don't want to bring that up. I also don't know how the Sharks feel like that. Right. Like it was different when he played for the Hurricanes and, you know, he was here, but it's obviously different now, plus the time difference and everything. Like, I don't want to just sit here and say like, yes we're allowed or no we're not because I really don't know I'd love to have him back on but ultimately it's up to him and it's obviously up to the Sharks too because they're not going to be like hey why the hell are you still coming on a Carolina Hurricanes podcast dude like (laughs) and they would have every right to like I'm not going to sit here and be like they're the bad guys for that like
1: I don't think they really I mean well you never know with hockey teams it's not about stupid shit. So. The
0: Sharks are a team that literally doesn't dis- disclose contract information in the year of our Lord 2022. Like what? It, yeah, it's like I, I read on the thing. It's like per team policy, we do not disclose contract information. I'm like, really? Like, it is 2022. <laughs> Cap friendly's gonna have it anyways, right? Why not just put it on I, I oh no man that's dumb you don't know, talk about hockey being dumb that's another dumb thing yeah anyways we did get a lot of nino questions again it'd be great to bring him back but i'm not sacrificing martin nates for that you know like nates has the higher upside it's and if you about this? don't think that you're kidding yourself i'm right. so sorry
1: Nino is the now move because he brings more that the Hurricanes are kind of lacking right now. But Natius is still a player that has 65, 70 point upside in the NHL. Like his speed, his playmaking ability, play ability, his hands. Like he's got the offensive package. He's,
0: he's even a good shooter.
1: shooter. Yeah, like, he really has he's a good it all. Right, right. He, I think everything, this
0: year he just slumped.
1: Yeah, everything in his offensive game has the potential to be well above average. He's an elite skater. Like, if and when things click for this kid, he's going to be a massive problem in the NHL. And and that's not a guy you should give up on after one year. I've toned down my stance on him over the last week or so, a couple of weeks, really. But he, he's a guy that you don't give up on for you know a player that is
0: good. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Here's here's what I don't get. You want to know what I powerful, don't get? Put it that way. I'm going to give you guys like my my. Hot opinion or my hot take for the day. And I'm gonna get shit for this. I just know it. This fan base latches on to the absolute worst players: Bill di Giuseppe, Hayden Flurry, <laughs> Saku Menelainen, Greg McKegg.
1: And yet why Jordan Martin have got a three-year deal and why we're in this problem to begin with, where we can't bring back good players.
0: No, no, the fan base latches on. To the worst players. Well,
1: I know I may I have said like, team.
0: The like, fans yeah. latch on to the worst possible players, and then get butt hurt when a replacement level player, again, with Hayden Flurry, just signed two years at barely league minimum for Tampa. How this isn't the after one not the- getting qualified by the Seattle Kraken, who were <laughs> ass this past season.
1: I hope Alex doesn't decide to listen to the podcast for the first time ever. Oh, the
0: one time? <laughs> um, but, and then you've got those same people trying to run Martin Natchez out of town because he didn't produce as much as he should have this past year, whereas you're like, oh, my God, I miss Saku. What the hell did Saku do for this team other than pissing off Alex Ovechkin in that one game? Anyways, that's my rant. Like, I, I just needed to get that off of my chest because, Imagine like, you, I mean, the dude there have been like... so many horrible takes about, like, well, Natchez isn't this. Um, actually, getting Nino and letting Natchez go for, like, a pick would be a good idea. No, the hell it's not. they <laughs> are trading right. a 23-year-old forward, barely, not even in
1: his prime. He's, over, he's going to be 23 for over half of the upcoming season. He's coming off a, like a year we all knew was well below his potential. and he scored 40 points. And you know what? The year before that, he had 41 points in 53 games. That's a 63- point pace.
0: What do you want? I just it's like, yes, maybe he's not a 63-point player. But even if he's like a 40 to 50 point player. You don't get rid of those.
1: And I think he could be. Secret- you don't get rid of
0: those for a guy who at best next year could maybe hit 40.
1: Yeah. See, Nate just, and he's also going to give the Hurricanes a lot of balance because of that right-hand shot on the power play, which they have not really had a lot of the last few years. You think about their forward core and the stars up top. Aho, left-handed. Sarah Bynum, left-handed. Sveshnikov, left-handed. Max Pacioretty, left-handed. All these guys are going to be your power play performers. A lot of them are lefty. You need Jarvis. You need Natius. You need to have some semblance of balance on that power play unit, or it's going to be hurt. You're not going to have yes. the ability to take one-timers. That inherently slows down your puck movement. And boom, like that's, you know, the Hurricanes need to be quicker moving the puck. They need guys that A, can pass really well like Natius and B, have his hand in this. So he's an important piece on a, on next year's team. Whether you're willing to admit
0: it or not. And I don't mean to like I'm gonna I'm gonna say this at the end because if you like a certain player like that's fine. Like obviously like for me like I never really cared about any of those guys that I just listed. But you can't sit here and be like, oh this team shipped depth replacement level player. And in the same breath, be like, trade, trade, and Just He yep. sucks, anyways, folks. Not really much has changed. I think the Canes have like signed two depth players since uh, we last recorded development camp and happened. Obviously, Scott Morrow. Um, impressed. Head and
1: shoulders above everybody else.
0: (laughs) Don Waddell said that he should be turning pro at the end of the year, which is really cool to hear. Bryce Montgomery was getting a lot of love, friend of the pod. Um, (laughs) my worst interview on the pod. (laughs) Sorry, Brandon was struggling for that one. Um, Bryce is a nice kid. I think the physical tools will be enough to get him an NHL contract at the end of the year. Um, At least I hope so. He's a really nice guy. He has potential. He's just going to need a little while longer to figure it out because he didn't have a draft. Yeah. It's a fun time, man. I'm looking forward to this season. I know in the future we'll be having a prospect ranking on here. That's going to get a little spicy, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, always is.
0: The team's fun, man. It's a great team. And you know what else is great? the time the time the time is great folks that's right it's a great time to be a carolina hurricanes fan